Ooh, oh, diamond girl. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I could deal with that. I don't know the, uh, the rest. How does the rest go? Refresh my memory for the lyrics. Ooh, oh, diamond, diamond girl. girl. <laughs> That's like, more than I'm enough. I'm fire when you are near. I love it. Carlito and Manny are right here. I love it. It's a freestyle. <laughs> All right. So, Mike, we have a very special guest, Carlito. We do. We have a very special guest. It's very early in the morning. Thank you very much. We have Mike from Greenstone Masonry. This is I. This is yeah. you. And thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for uh, having me. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a lot about you and how you got into this biz. My name is Mike Pereira. I'm the owner of Greenstone Fine Masonry, commonly known as Greenstone FM. I'm a mason. I've been at it for about uh, 18, 19 years. Wow. How old are you? I'm 40. I'll uh, be 41 in January. Younger than us, huh? Still so young. <laughs> just a puppy, just a puppy. Oh, how did that feel yeah. turning 40? I remember that one. Uh, turning 40 was all right. Something that I was, I don't know, my wife says I've always, I've always wanted to be 40. Really? <laughs> no, you won't want to do that. <laughs> I'm an old man in, in a young guy's body, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Okay, so Greenstone, so 20 years, huh? 20 years of lifting stone, brick, block, mortar. You name it. You're 20 years old, or I guess 21, 22? I was about 21, I guess, when I got into the trade. I got in as a residential laborer. I was working in the local 183 wow. as a laborer. Union and guy. And started out in the union. Funny thing is I always wanted to be a mason, which is, I don't know. What like happened? Most kids, like, where was that spark? Most kids were, you know, like when I was building, doing, working with building blocks and stuff, I was pretending that I was putting all the bricks together. Older historical buildings always fascinated me. I was always interested in the construction of them rather than being like the knight in shining armor. I was like kind of <laughs> the guy that wanted to build the castle, right? That's funny. That's interesting. Yeah. I never looked at it that way. Got into doing, I've always wanted to do masonry. My dad is in construction as well, but he always told me not to do it. He's a mason as well? So no, no, he's, I got one up on him. He does everything else but masonry. <laughs> <laughs> so he's Jack. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, well, we all are. We, you always, have to be to survive sometimes. Yeah, you got to know a little bit of everything, right? I know a little bit of everything. Like, can do some framing and taping and stuff like that, but I would never go and do it at somebody's house. I'll do it at my own place, and then I'll, you know, I usually call a buddy to come fix it, right? <laughs> are, are you the kind of mason like my dad was, where everything in the house when we were younger had to be made out of brick or stone? <laughs> everything, the fence. You know what uh, I mean? The outdoor barbecue, everything I was out of brick and stone. No, no, no definitely like not. One thing I don't get to do is masonry work on my own house. That's for sure. Because I'm always too Shoemakers, busy. Yeah. So Shoemakers, I'm always sorry. too busy. <laughs> what was it? What happened? Like you just, when you were a kid, you just, you just were pulled towards stone? I was always interested in doing stone work and, you know, I wanted to be a mason. Got a shot at it to become, come in and uh, be a laborer. My ass off as a laborer. Everybody hears, oh, you're in the union. And that's a, you know, you get pampered and that kind of thing, but it's not, that's not, not that the case. So, not at all. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a, a hard guys, job yeah, in the it union. Is. It is a hard job, man. Uh, that's the thing, right? Yeah, I went hard at it. And there was actually a point that I didn't think I was going to make it. Cause you know, in my first few months doing it, it was You're like, grunt. I was having a physical breakdown. You know what I mean? Like it's a hard job. They so, push you. They yeah, seriously push you. Crazy. Yeah. But so, the most important part of, that I feel about the union is 
they really give you a pace. You really learn how to start to work mm -hmm. and per, and have production. Right. Because if you don't, you're gone. Yes. If you're not producing in a union, see you later. 100%. Yeah. yeah. They weren't easy on me. They didn't like coddle me and teach me what to do and that kind of thing and show me, hey, do it like this. It's like totally sink or swim. They're yelling at you. They make you feel like like garbage. <laughs> you know? I, I, like I've they're yelling them. in Portuguese at me and stuff. And they're like, yeah, this guy's garbage. This guy sucks. Get rid of him. <laughs> this and that you know i'm portuguese most people don't think i am you know and i'm like i understand what these guys are saying oh finally one day i just went crazy and i started throwing bricks at the forklift driver because the forklift driver was uh he wasn't pulling his weight so he was forcing me to be behind on serving wow. the bricklayers i literally did that i'm not even kidding i was throwing bricks and like front down from like the top scaffold they were bouncing off the cage and all this stuff it was a real scene and the bricklayers also had a good laugh about it and after that they didn't bother me and then i just wow. kind of fell into it right that's because changes. you loved your job you wanted to get it done they saw that you were serious i love exactly. it exactly that changes, changes that changes the dynamic of playground bullying eh right <laughs> you do not bully masons <laughs> while there's bricks around man <laughs> like, well that's the thing there's a lot of heavy objects that can exactly. be easily be thrown did you start with block and brick is that how you actually brick, started really yeah like we were doing a subdivision up there at uh, 407 and bathurst area so i worked up there which was empty back then. It was empty back then. There wasn't yeah. much there. New big developments. The company I worked for was pretty big and whatever. Yeah, I did that for a bit. One of the guys that actually got me into the trade as a laborer, he went off on his own with another guy to start doing custom work. So I went to work with them for a bit. Coaxed me out of the union and went to work with them. And uh, I got finally got a taste for doing the stone. Did a bunch of custom homes and stuff and things didn't really work out with them. Kind of just went back and forth for a little while. I, you know, I did a couple small jobs on my own. I uh, went back to the union, you know, went here and there, did schools and different stuff like that, working under other people. And then eventually I kind of just went back, uh, went ahead and started my own business. I got to ask, Mike, like I, I know that a lot of guys started in the union, mm -hmm. but it seems like the union's more of a stepping stone to get to someplace else. Or am I wrong to say that? Or are there a lot of <laughs> life for union guys that just stay there and they like that? Oh, yeah. There's tons of guys that are, they just make their life in the union. They want to go and they collect their credits. They're banking on... Uh, on the union taking care of 30 them, credits. you know, in the, for retirement, right? Yeah. It's good. It, depending on who you're working for, it's a good steady paycheck. People rely on that and everything and not going to lie. It's great money. If you're working by the hour, you can make really good money. You can make a good living. Mason uh, with the union is by the hour, not by the brick. It's by the, everything's by the hour. Yeah. By the hour, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Contractors right. would get paid by the piece. Well, right? so, yeah. th there is a huge difference. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, so you went into business for yourself. When you think about 15 years and 30 credits when you reach that 30 credit line you have five thousand dollars money coming to you for retirement right. and you don't have to worry about retirement anymore so of you course. you have to reinvest your money in the, mm -hmm. in the proper places because you don't have that anymore do you miss that well i mean i didn't spend all that much time in the union to how you many know, years were like you a, in the union for? like a year Oh, oh so just yeah. okay. Well, for the first part, when I first got started, I was in the union for a year, and then, like I said, I kind of went in and out. I was in local 183. I was in local two. I worked for Lehman Masonry for a bit, you know. So I kind of bounced around, right? So I didn't really uh, get to accumulate much with uh, within the union in terms of a uh, pension or that kind of thing. What right? was the so, reason behind that? Were you hungry to do other kinds of stonework? Because I'm assuming the union is mostly brick subdivision a couple reasons that i might have left the union there was a bit of drama with a couple companies that i worked with like especially within the union they have oh. 
depending who you're working for, like Local 2, you know, they have these different type of workers. There's blue ticket and white ticket workers where there's some guys are literally like sitting in the hall waiting for someone to call them up to come and work. And then there's another type of worker that actually approaches the site, which I think is a blue ticket. So they can just hire somebody direct. Wow. So the company can hire that. somebody direct rather than going to the union hall and saying, hey, you know, we need a guy. So what I ended up doing was being who I am and I don't sit around waiting for somebody to You're call. I walked ticket. on site and I'm like, hey, I want a job. They gave me a job. But then a couple of days later, the union steward came by and he's like, uh, hey, who are you? I said, I'm Mike. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm can't like, you see I'm working? I can't talk. <laughs> so, you know, basically he's like, hey, you know, you're not supposed to be here because there's other guys that want a job. And I'm like, well, you better talk to my foreman. So they had a whole, there was, a, you know, a big shit show on that because I had walked on site and got the job where there's other guys that were sitting at the union hall. The owner basically was like, well, I don't want the guys that are sitting around waiting to, for phone to ring. I want a guy like this that's yeah. going to get up you and walk out there and get to work, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I said, there's a, a drama there and that kind of thing. But yeah, I always, I've always had a, an interest and passion for working with the stone and everything. And definitely the dynamic between working with one-on-one with a homeowner is a lot different than working in a subdivision or laying block in a, a school or, or something like that, right? What's so, the basic difference between the two? Well, basic difference is you actually get to see the person that's the the end user. If I'm working on someone's custom home, most of my clients are crazy about stone. It's nice to see their eyes light up when they see their home getting built. Not only on my end, but the whole, the The, project as a whole, right? The evolution of the stone. You know, working with the stone and everything, it's nice to get that feedback from them too about the work that I'm doing. They might say that it looks great. You know, they might want want me to tweak something or whatever, right? And it's cool because I get to work one-on-one with them and completely satisfy that one particular client. So who taught so, you, Mike? Uh, I had a couple teachers along the way. Some taught me what to do. Some taught me what not to do. Sometimes it's better to wait, learn wait a second. what not to do. All Portuguese? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just for the record, it's not Epa, all Portuguese. <laughs> there are, I, I know some fine Irishmen that are Masons that yeah. are really good, Italians. Yeah. I don't know any Croatians that are Masons. No, no, no. They usually throw rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I mean, they've come from all walks of life. And like I said, I've learned what to do and what not to do from certain guys. I've taken skills that I've been taught and kind of refined them more towards efficiency, which is like, uh, what Carlito was touching on with the one, like working in the union, like a 183 type of environment, you're, you're geared to get stuff done. So a lot of the technique and everything that I learned from traditional stonemasons wasn't really geared towards efficiency. You know, I kind of just took what I learned and, and kind of, okay, these guys to get a complete stone, for example, takes four steps. Well, you know what? I can cut out one of these steps and get probably a better product you know, a better finished product. So, you know, you eliminate uh, specific steps along the way. And, and you were figuring of, that out on your own. Yeah, definitely. Based on what people were showing you what to do. Right. What was the biggest change for you? What was the, the something that you took with you that made the biggest difference in your in your job? Something I took with like me. Like a technique or? Well, shout out JB Stonemasonry, uh, Jesse Bagelman. We worked together. He taught me most of my technical skills that I know because for the most part, anybody that I worked with before I worked with him was uh, by eye. 
oh yeah, oh that looks good, you know, like just everything's <laughs> all, all trimmed by eye and that kind of thing, and oh, you know, good. and I had a, uh, I actually had a tipping point too when I was working with that one gentleman and he was trying to install a stone and our job is to square up the stones right square is 90 degrees and Go uh figure. you know you know <laughs> approximately 90 degrees dry right so anyways this guy was chiseling a, a cornerstone and he was trying to install it installing it against his plumb line which is supposed to be you know plumb that's why it, it's it called just, a plumb line <laughs> yeah exactly and it wasn't it just wasn't working out for him he was putting the level on the top of the stone his uh, chiseled corner his heiress wasn't lining up with the line and he couldn't figure it out he's like the line is perfect i don't know what's going on i'm like dude your stone's not square and I, you know, and I'm standing there as a laborer telling him this mason that, you know, but like, you got no stripes square. on your shirt, you're a laborer no, and he can't yeah, hear you. Exactly. Right. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'll just kind of put that in my back pocket. Right. And that's when I started work with Jesse and he started showing me how to use the tools. So, okay, let's square this up using squares and everything. Cause he's, he was taught old school, uh, old school, like, you know, not even old school. He was actually taught. I don't know if you want to say it properly, but he was taught in a classroom. So, right? Which is great. I've seen those classrooms, so, man. They're amazing. Oh, yeah, they're great. You can learn a lot of very technical skills, but the only issue on that end is you don't get the real world teachings, right? For where, you know, production Practical is a concern. Theory, right? right? Yeah. So production's a concern, you know, scaffold setup, site safety, that kind of thing. You don't, they don't really drive that into you where it's, it is a huge part of the job. That's, that's an on-site etiquette thing that you have to learn. Right, you have right. to get on-site to do that. And I respect the schools for teaching the kids the way they should be taught regarding the actual lane of the, mm -hmm. the stone and brick and things like that. But yeah, you're right. You're 100% right about there's still a missing component there that they don't put in there, which is amazing. How many bricks are you guys laying a day in the union? And was there a difference in the one-on-one -on -one with a homeowner? A quantity? change also um, how many you got done well i mean in the union the everybody will say they can lay a thousand brick a day but wow I mean, let's let's i heard 500 but a thousand give me a break right thousand brick a day uh, every bricklayer you talk to will lay a thousand bricks a day and the wind's got to be perfect and everything's got to be just right and they'll pump out a thousand brick a day but That's you know crazy, let's man. say 500 to 700 brick per man i've laid a thousand brick a day you know when i was laying brick but not every day Right. You yeah. know, it, it, not every wall works the same. Right. If yeah. you're working on a production wall that there's no windows or anything like that. And For sure. Like I said, the wind's just right. You know, <laughs> and, and does wind make a, a difference? Yeah. You know, I don't saying that jokingly, but it does. It does make a difference. And on a windy day, your mortar will dry a lot faster and it becomes less uh, workable. Sorry, less workable more quickly. Because it's already dry as it is. So, pretty much. well, yeah, the mortar is workable. It's kind of like uh, peanut butter. Right. So you can <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's spreadable and everything but yeah if you're not quick it's time sensitive material so you know if you're not quick enough to get it used up then uh, it'll dry up you know i used to take shots at masons uh, you know as a laborer and they say hey, this mortar's dry and so you're just not working fast enough you uh -oh. know <laughs> uh -oh. then the brick goes over your head yeah <laughs> so they get a bit more work done so, so is it the same kind of mortar with stonework than it is with brick and block well i mean every every product uses its own type of mortar right so here like we have everything pre-mixed here and we use portland cement as a base um you know typically in europe you use lime-based mortars which i'm not really familiar with using you a lot know, of the for, older homes here are all lime-based right yeah yeah and what's the difference lime mortars are are lime-based so they'd have like slaked lime and sand okay that's it 
And then when it ha- when you work with brick Port- mortar, for example, they use a type N masonry, which is it's, it's lime based with sand, and it has you know a derivative of Portland cement in it. It's Got it. it's weak, right? Yeah. And then uh, you know for using block, you use a type S mortar, which is also it has a, a lime base, but it also has uh, Portland cement in it, higher content of Portland cement. And there's other types of uh, type S that you can use as well. You know, there, there's high bond cements and that kind of thing. So basically, it all depends on the type of uh, product that you're using. If you're using a brick, it's softer. You want to use a soft cement. If you use type S with a brick, this type S is going to break the brick because the type S is stronger than the actual brick. Wow. That you're Got installing. It. That's the kind of stuff Got I want to learn. Well, so, you picked that up over the years, right? You picked that up from working in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Like you pick it up. I mean, uh, job site is a bit of a classroom, but you do have to do your own research as well. Yep. And, you know, read the bag and, uh, you know, kind of go to the website and everything, uh, like St. Mary's website, that kind of thing. And St. Mary's cement and, you know, there's some education there, too, that you can learn. You, you were just about to send some guys to a church website. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know how many churches get built? Well, you know, maybe they're all out of made stone. All <laughs> some of these guys could probably use the Lord in their life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was, I was going to ask you, Mike. Okay, I'm always impressed by three trades because okay. I, in my opinion, these three trades are the hardest trades in the industry, I think, right? Masons. Right, roofers you. and yes. concrete oh boys God. yeah right like these these are hard working trades so right? happy you said that i'm not trying to glamorize the other ones but everybody seems like they want to get into the other one and we've always had and we'll touch upon this later on that the masons is a dying trade it is a dying trade we know that art. right i want to die in art exactly and i want to i want to if there's a young guy listening or a young girl listening that wants to get into this business can you shed a little bit of light on what not to do when you're getting started if you want to get into this because i could easily see some young guys and girls being deterred and leaving you you stuck it out you know you were having bricks thrown at you and the guys were calling names and shit like that right? i was throwing the bricks you were, okay so well, everybody, everybody was having a tennis match with bricks okay? i like this guy don't get him pissed off yeah. to throw a brick at you so what are some of the things that they these you should avoid like what are the things that you shouldn't do everything's uh worth it if you can come away with a learning experience right i would definitely well something that you shouldn't do don't work for shady people that's for sure but then you can't really figure out you don't know they're shady until you work with them Right? Or like, I guess maybe yeah. you should say, work with a shady person once. <laughs> work with a shady person once. Well, yeah. I think it's going to happen more than do. once if you're working That's for something people. something to do. Like I said, like I, I can't really say what not to do, but you know what? Definitely, I think there's value in uh, in going to school, like the masonry training centers that they have. Like you can even go there and get basic training for free. So really? if you're looking to even at least to try the trade, you've got nothing Con- to Conestoga, lose, right? Conestoga has one, right? Uh, I believe Conestoga. There's another training coming up in January. I think at in Mississauga, I believe I should. Oh, really? Probably. Well, I, I, I think out, I think you yeah. said something really important here. I think a lot of corporations or companies are seeing the worth in creating a relationship with young people and teaching them about their products and teaching them about the business that the people are working in. Right. So it's nice to see a lot of these corporations now taking people on. Like now I talk to a Thinset company and I start talking about Thinset and all of a sudden they say, hey, why don't you come to our place and we'll teach you a little bit about our concrete or Thinsets. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that's wicked. What happened to that 20 years ago? Yeah, seriously. Why wasn't that available? (laughs) You're right. They're paying attention to it. I mean, that uh, he brings up a good point. You came in after the larger brick 
came onto the scene, right? Like those large, what are they called? Those larger bricks? There's yeah, Max the, Brick and... No, the, uh, what's the difference? The, just for the people that are don't, don't understand the terminology. Okay, well, basically brick is broken down into sizes, really. You know, you've got thing, things as small as metric modular, uh, Ontario size brick. Those I are love, like the really tiny I love, bricks. I love those four bricks. Four by four? <laughs> I, I'm not a mason, yeah. but I love those bricks, man. Yeah. And I know you guys hate those bricks, but I love those bricks. I don't mind. Like you talking about the really tiny ones like that? Yeah, they're cool. I don't mind them. Yeah, they're probably about, I, I don't even two, know. I think two they're and two and three. Yeah, or two, yeah. two and a quarter two or something a, by like six or seven. I don't even know what exact, yeah, I like exact size, right? <laughs> no, they're, they're sexy, cool, clean, right? and modern. Yes. Right? They're yeah. They're a clean, yeah, the nice clean brick. So, and then, yeah, of course, in getting into subdivisions and that kind of thing where uh, space is, uh, it's scarce, you want to use as few brick as possible per square foot. So they got into using these other bricks, uh, I believe they're max size. Aren't they called like so, PR, PRP or something? Or PRP? They're CSR bricks. So, I don't know. Okay. I don't really. They're larger. Know. They're like, what, three and three quarter high and they're nine? They're, yeah, I think there's something like that. Three and a half or three, I think they're, I don't know, three and a half with the they're joint. They're big boys. I don't know, man. I'm yeah. a stone guy. This is kind of like <laughs> angel stone. Uh, it's not like that. No, it's a little bit bigger. But yeah, so... Uh, so but yeah, uh, the subdivision sizes, you're looking at, I think, probably about four brick per square foot. But then the Ontario size is like seven yeah. per square foot. Yeah. So, so you, you need a lot more, more brick done, right? per square... Yeah. You need a lot more brick per square foot. Hey, less brick in a square foot means uh, less payout, right? So they're sa- the builder's saving money. If they're paying guys by the brick. At what point did you get the bug for stone? I want to get into stone. Stone? I have always had the bug for stone, really. I always wanted to do it. Like I said, even when I got in as a laborer, that was where I knew I had to had to start, right? I knew I couldn't, not that I couldn't, but the right way for me to do it was to start as a laborer and learn every step of the way. Uh, along the way to becoming a mason, right? Learn so from someone else's mistakes. That helps a lot. That's kind of always better to learn from somebody else's mistakes. It doesn't cost you as much, right? Of course. <laughs> What's your favorite stone, Mike, but, uh, to work with? Favorite stone to work with? It's a real pain in the ass, but granite. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a hard stone to work with, man. Yeah, yeah. I've been working with granite consistently for the past like uh, three, four years, pretty much day is, in, day out. All is that granite. like a wainscot and like front veneer of the, uh, the doorway? Is that what you use that for? Typically, the homes that I do are all stone. They're all completely they're all stone. Completely stone. Yeah, wow. all the way around. I'm top. gonna make you cry, Mike. <laughs> there was a job that I was quoting. I was bidding, and it was an older house in yeah. Bora West Village okay. they had original granite stone on the front because they were adding an addition <laughs> to it yeah, yeah you know exactly what's <laughs> tell coming tell me they salvaged it no 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 mm-hmm. so they just said that uh, we don't want to pay the money to extend it up we don't necessarily like that color of granite we're going to look at options to cover it up so mm-hmm. they didn't even want to remove it they just wanted to cover it up I don't know what the final outcome was I should drive by and take a look at it yeah. I'm assuming because of costs it just got covered up with What do you think about that bad date idea? Is that okay to do? To cover up stone? Yeah. To me, I would never cover it up. I would never paint stone. Oh. Uh, you know, old I'm stone work. Old <laughs> stone work that's done properly. I wouldn't even touch it, really. This was beautiful stone work. It wasn't right. cracked. It was la- And it had, the house had to have been maybe 50, 60 years old. Yeah, man. Then why not just clean it up and, you know, make it look pr- pretty. Maybe repoint the joints, you know, clean it up a bit and uh, just work off of that as your facade right like if it's more money you can just build around it right why why even extend it really if you're adding a second story to a house 
then you know compliment you it freaking batten board the the, the yeah. second story you know yeah. what i mean like yeah compliment yeah. it so I, I didn't mean to make you cry i'm sorry man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but talking about the old gothic stone that way my wife we lost our dog a few years ago and my wife now takes me for walks okay so <laughs> she'll say to me hey let's go for a walk and i'll be like okay because that, okay. that's our time to like you know, uh-huh. take a look at the architecture, unwind, talk a little bit, catch up, you That's know, cool. get out of the house, refresher. Yeah. So last night we went for a walk. It wasn't an earlier walk, but it was dark out. And we went by this old church. I literally walked by this church every single day for 20 years. Just looked up at it and it was like the light was just shining off one part of this church. And it was so gothic and beautiful. I said to my wife and my brother-in-law, I said, they don't build like nope. this anymore. It looks so strong and powerful. Like when I was looking at it, it was like a battleship coming into into port. And I was just like, yeah. just enjoying the beauty of the stone and the and how strong and it was and how large. They don't build like this anymore. No, not well, you know why. You would think right? with technology and what no, we you, have, you we know. would be able to build better than our. Uh, forefathers right sorry i had to share that last night because it was very inspiring last night and it just happens to be we're talking about stone right the thing right that's kind of what got me interested at a young age too is these larger buildings and everything like uh where i live i live in brampton i live close to downtown brampton and we have a lot of old buildings and they are constructed just like that you know like the stones are up to like two feet thick you know, where typically today uh, your stone or brick is about four inches thick, right? So you're working with these massive stones. I've actually been fortunate enough to get my hands on some of the pictures during, oh, wow. during construction of these buildings. And man, these guys are standing up on what looks like a two by 10, you know, <laughs> and they're like standing there in their vest with their tie on and stuff, holding the trowel, like no. looking proper. Wow. And like, <laughs> it's like, it, you know, like your safety I sensors are going freaking <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah, we they, were they were chance. They were chance. You, you should, you should recreate that photo, man. And today, that's what you should do. <laughs> Those, but you know no, what? Being European, happen. and we're all European here, but that doesn't yeah. mean anything. But it does. Um, <laughs> you know, our fathers came here, and yeah. they Wait, were. Hang on di- a sec. Is that the one, two, three, or the forefathers? Which ones? <laughs> Four fathers. How many fathers do you have? <laughs> well, I've had a few fathers. That's another podcast. My mother said there was many men in her life. <laughs> I'm just joking. That never actually happened. <laughs> um, but you know, them coming here. They never complained. If they got hurt, they shut up and went right back to work. You know, yeah. we're, we're in a different generation of people. Somebody stumps their toe and they want to, oh, like, oh, my wake God, up. I can't work. Yeah. I got to go home. I'm going to be off for three yeah, months. My course. toenail's broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the kind of people I find, like, oh, I can't come in. I have my a throat cold. Hurts. It's All a different generation. Just check their Instagram, and then you'll find out what they were really doing. That's <laughs> you know, the truth you know what my grandfather would have done? My grandfather would have grabbed, like, four shots of Shlivovitska, yeah. drank it, and he would have been, like, it's like spinach. He's right back to work. <laughs> Do you yeah, have, that's my... when they had Shlivovitska on site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Huh? How many flags are you bringing up yeah. on, your, on your job site? The, how are the young guys on your sites? You get a mixed bag, right? Oh, yeah? So, yeah, I'm actually down to just me and one other guy. And that's it. Yeah, I used to have a lot of guys working for me. The stress level was really, really intense. There wasn't enough getting done. The quality wasn't there. So I just had to let Pull heads back. roll like crazy. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So how long have you been things. doing it that way? Close to two years. And it's running well? It's better than ever, yeah. So he's the laborer and you're the mason? You guys are both? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I've trained him up to lay some stone and everything too. So he nice. kind of uh, holds his own in that regard. 
Much uh, younger than you? But no, just uh, like six years difference. So cool. he's younger than me. But yeah, he's. Are you afraid of him leaving you? Not necessarily. You know, we know each other for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Is that for me or for him? <laughs> no. Was that out loud? No, no. You, you know what? You've always been a, an amazing person. Great Thanks, attitude, man. always funny. I love funny people. It shows intellect as much as it's childish. Yeah. It's very intellect. <laughs> like when I see a when I see a funny person, I yeah. always say to myself, "That guy's smart. I got to be careful." Because <laughs> <laughs> if he's laughing, he's hiding something. <laughs> he's up to something. I know something you don't know. <laughs> no, but I always found that like. <laughs> You know, for example, uh, we didn't do a shout out today, but we're at Skylux again. Yes, and we are. Mark, Thanks, Mark. Mark it's is the holiday a season. fantastic guy. Yes, He's always allowing you, us to be here yeah. to run the podcast. But he has a theory that how he keeps his guys, he profit shares. What I'm leading to is I've only kept guys for a max of three or four years, and I've never been able to keep them longer because they just kind of take the knowledge I've given them, and they don't realize how much I had to put into them, and then they just leave and either work for someone else or they work for themselves, which is good. If they yeah. go work for themselves, I'm proud of them. If they mm-hmm. go work for someone else, oh, I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm pissed because they <laughs> took all my technology yeah. or my knowledge or my I, I'm not days. pissed because I actually want them to take whatever you can offer. But yeah. usually they work for a bad guy. And it, and I feel like <laughs> I taught them something so important. And then they just downgraded instead of upgrading. But like we said, you learn from the shadies. You know what I'm saying? So you, you, they will learn. Hopefully, they will learn. Yeah. And take it from there. So all I care about is as long as they're learning. For that's me, important. I know I'm. You just I'm love not your the type trade. Of, that's I why you're I'm on not the, tools. the type to hold a grudge, man. I'm like whatever. It is what it is. Like honestly, I'll be pissed off yesterday and today. I'm just like I don't Forgot even care it. about what happened yesterday. You know, if somebody has to leave, and you know, I've had guys that uh, I've worked with from day one. Another shout out, Greg White. He's amazing person. Probably the best freaking guy like as a person that I've ever worked with. What's Greg or, do? Or what is he GC or is he Mason? No, Greg's a Mason. Mason. So yeah, like, and I trained him. So he came to me with some skills. You know, he worked in the union and everything, but he was really wanted to work with stone. So he came to work with me and I trained him how to, how to work stone and everything. And, uh, man, the guy, like he would drive from St. Mary's, which is like over two hours away. He would come to work every freaking day wow. he would be there on site at 6 30 before everybody wow, else wow i like this guy you know, respect and, man you know the guy's a great dude and he had to move on because like he worked for me for like a couple years but man you're driving two hours that's to get a, that's to work a serious that's thing. you gotta get a plane to, license that's one way one way <laughs> mind you right so this guy's spending like five hours a day on the road ouch Eventually, he had to move on, and it hurt because I loved having the guy around. But yeah, like people have to move on and can't have any bad blood because they got to do what's good, what's best for them, right? For their life, you know. It are is you are you is. expecting to change your business? I could tell that you're really passionate and you enjoy what you do because you're I still do. on the tools, you're still working for yourself, and you really haven't grown. A, <laughs> you haven't really grown the company. You tried, but didn't want to deal with it because you like to be on the tools. Yeah, I do love what I do. I would think, anyways, every business owner wants to. To grow their business and have people doing the work for them and they can step back and just kind of you know manage everything and uh, and just implement their vision right you know otherwise, is that your plan at a point that was of course yeah I've, i had ideas of having a huge not a huge business but you know a good sized business probably with a couple crews and that kind of thing i had ideas of having my own training institute and all kinds of different stuff and when i have time to think just fast forward right in my head like things just <laughs> yeah, go, <I> go, <laughs> go crazy so uh, we're all like that, that. We're all like that in the beginning. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've had lots of great guys. I've had lots of shitty guys. Like you said, you learn 
from everybody, yes. right? Take something exactly. from everybody. You take That's something from is. everyone. Everyone has a good quality, even if freaking they have ten qualities and nine are shit. You know, you take that one good thing that they have, and you can either you know turn it into positive for. Yes. You know, for yourself, or you can use that good quality to their benefit too, right? You can't find somebody that's exactly 100% perfect. Everybody's got their little thing about them, right? But, you know, you just work with everybody the best I you know, can. I know. I got stuck with handsome. <laughs> on that why note, you, why are you guys laughing? You on yeah. that note, you're, like, you're the face of the company, Carlito. That's it. Well, I, I say the nose, the nose. <laughs> Mike, uh, tell us what kind of trowel you like to use. Rose. I've, that's what I figured. I use a rose trowel. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've always used rose trowels. What's the difference just, and why? I've uh, always just liked the balance of the rose trowel. It's a wood handle with a leather wrap around it. I just like the feel. I've tried other trowels, but they just don't feel right. I've tried, you know, Marshalltown, and everybody uses what they like. Or what they right? start with. So for me, I like using rose trowels because they have all kinds of different patterns and sizes. Depending on what I'm doing, I, you know, I choose my size. So typically I'm a nine and a half uh, London pattern. And then the other question I was going to ask you is because uh, I'm curious... What tool brand are you loyal to if you oh, are loyal dum, to? Dum, dum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Dun, you dun, being dun, a mason. Dun, 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 what dun, tools dun, would you put outside of the quick cuts, outside of those? I'm, I'm just talking about. No, no. I'm interested in that also. Okay, fine. So go ahead. Like, okay, okay. for like my leveling tools? <laughs> <laughs> leveling tools, I'm a Stabila guy. 100%. Yeah. yeah. We're on the yeah. same page. Okay, yeah. power tools? Uh, Milwaukee. Oh, you're different. Wow. wow. How yeah. did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're Portuguese, so I thought Bosch for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking Mason, Portuguese, Bosch. No? No. Well, I have Bosch. No, I, was, I have a Bosch. Uh, I have Bosch demolition hammers. Okay. Right? So I got a bit of a mixed bag, but when it comes to like a power tool set, yes. I have Milwaukee. Milwaukee on site. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's good to know. I use DeWalt for hanging pictures at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like all my Mason. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was bad. That was you a good know one. <laughs> that was so honest. I loved it. Did you see? How, like he was just like, "Well, I used Dewalt for hanging pictures." <laughs> Man, he's loving it. <laughs> I mean, like I said, like like people, power tools. Uh, you know, there's good, there's good uses for everything, right? So, you know, I've got a Dewalt trimmer at home, which is good. You know, I like it. Whatever. I don't no. know. I've just always found Milwaukee to be a bit more powerful, more robust on, on the job site. Because wow. for what I'm working with, I'm, I use impact guns to install my brick ties, for example, right? Okay. So we use these metal ties that you bend, it, it typically, let's say, in half or whatever. And the top L part goes into the house. And then the other one sits on top of the brick or stone. And then it becomes embedded in the mortar. Typical uh, installation of these is to use like a, a nail, like a roofing nail. But I don't trust the head of a roofing nail, so Good I use you. screws. I use stainless steel screws. Oh, wow, really? you I are a champ, brother. But are you using countersunk? You're using countersunk screws, or are you using no, no, really? I have a head. Yeah, like it, there's a there's a space back there. You're the, yeah, there's you're the first three quarters guy. of an you're inch the, of airspace. Right you're the first it. mason that I know that actually screws in ties. Yeah, I do it all. The Not time. only that, Manny. Wow. I can't get guys to use stainless steel screws when they're doing like a backsplash or a tub. They're using crap 
screws. You know what? This guy's using stainless you're, you're steel. You're 100% right because a roofing nail is designed to work in conjunction with the glue adhesive on the back of a shingle. Right. It has a so very it has head. a smooth shaft. Right. So all of a sudden you hammer it in, it gets glued, it heats, warms up. It can, it's all one unit. Right. But with a brick tie, it just gets hamper, hammered. It gets hammered into a sheathing. It gets hampered. <laughs> it's very soft. <laughs> it gets hammered into sheathing or whatever, all the new stuff it, that they it, have. Usually what you want to do is, it, and is tack wiggle. it into a stud. Yeah, right? but that'll wiggle its way out over time. Well, they're spiral roofing nails, okay. right? But my concern, I'm not worried about that because that won't get pulled out. I'm worried about the head of the actual nail. It's very, it's very thin. It's weak. Oh. So if you hit it, let's say a little bit too hard, you've already compromised the head of that nail. What's really holding that what in? Is that what little made tiny you change piece of metal? That? Is that what made you change that? And why did you go stainless steel? Because that's expensive. Is yeah, that a lesson that a you learned things. on your own that you came uh, up? Not really a lesson. I learned. I started doing that because of at one point I was doing a lot of precast installation. I was working on a home, a couple homes that like there was like oh man miles and miles of precast and what i would do is i would fix an anchor to the top of the precast or wherever it was getting fastened to the home i would fix it in with nail anchors and then i would screw it to the house the homeowner actually wanted to use stainless steel screws and i'm like okay that's cool because it was an icf home and we were drilling hmm. it into the to the webs from then on that's when i just started using it because i'm like hey that makes a lot of sense Are there any other little tips that you can share that uh oh man i don't know i've got tons of tips that was really know. brilliant by the <laughs> way that was a brilliant one i got a lot of respect i got a lot of respect for that you right one now. Okay. and, oh, and using dewalt tools to hang frames <laughs> those are okay. two really solid i was really tips. hoping honestly he was between us too so by the way i do not get sponsored by hilti in any which way they do not give me anything i just really enjoy it you enjoy milwaukee i mean uh, milwaukee. Uh, Bosch. he enjoys milwaukee yeah it, it's so interesting really thought the debate was going to be between me and manny you know because i got a cut saw it's hilti all my hand tools are pretty much hilti right now i just thought for sure you were Bosch. Yeah, like, i thought the if, same thing too he, he usually asked me what do you think he's using and i get <laughs> nine out of ten times i'm right but you really surprised me. <laughs> we want to be surprised. Which is good. I want to hear more of those little tips, man. Any little things that you can share? Oh, man. I don't know. There's... Or I guess let, me, let like, me ask you this. I was ask recently... Ask me something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was recently <laughs> in New York, and, and I'm a huge fan of brownstones, right? Yes. Have you ever tackled a brownstone? Have you ever done that traditional way of... Man, uh, what's a brownstone, they, first of all? Uh, okay. Large limestone, custom carved pieces yeah yeah that's basically a brownstone but you know pillars and, and archways and columns. yeah like the brownstones in new york i guess are what like i guess townhomes uh, they're all townhomes yeah. yeah they're like four or five story townhomes right. they don't make them here they try to make them you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. right like those they're basically subdivision town uh, brownstone versions right right and they look well, well let's face it let's talk about it right now this country is very far behind in technology. Yeah. Unfortunately. And we're, I agree. you know, it, things are changing. Like Europe, whenever I go to the States, New York, Vegas, where, it doesn't matter. Vegas. Vegas. Uh, Los, yeah, because there's New York, Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia. I'm just saying that I always walk away. I always walk away with some Vegas. kind of New York, especially. You're right. New York, especially. The architecture, it's so classy. Yes. You know, it, when you walk there, you're just always in awe. Right. And 100%. we don't have that. It's just, you know, Do you feel that, Mike? Can, I, I feel that Toronto does not have an identity. I well, know Montreal that, does. Montreal's Montreal got does, some crazy architecture. But that gets a lot from the Boston, where they're so close to, right? So I think that's that's where Montreal is. But I think Toronto is more of 
We just build whatever we want to build. We have yeah, that carnival. I don't know if there's necessarily a theme in Toronto. The older buildings are pretty nice, like Queen's Park, yes. Old City Hall, yes. that kind of thing. Like Those are awesome, right? There's not that many of those size buildings, like historical buildings uh, in Toronto. Yeah, I don't know. If you're talking about like the downtown core... I guess it's just everybody's just trying to stand out, really. Yeah. Well, right? <laughs> you got to come and visit me. Uh, Manny's been over uh, to our place, yeah. and he's got a beautiful. I, house. I live in a 140 year old home. It's all thick Gothic stone. Mm-hmm. Not one house on the block looks like our home. It's just got so much detail. Sometimes when I'm overviewing the camera, I'll see people standing out front, and they'll just look at the architecture. Yeah. And it's just something that. You know, I get back to that church last night. I could stand there and look at it and just be like, wow, Mm -hmm. so much art. We lost that trade. And it's nice to see that you're in masonry. I want to come back to that question. Is masonry a dying art? I don't know if it's necessarily dying. You know, like it's, uh, it's definitely on life support. Mm. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, what about fireplaces? Hey. Like when I think about a mason, I think about I got to go to uh, New Brunswick. I ended up in Nova Scotia. There was one of the last of the six masons in Canada. He was really like that was like twelve years ago. I got to meet one of the oldest masons, and he had on his desk books and books and papers of custom built fireplaces that you could walk into it would transmit you know send the radiant heat through it chambers when he started talking to me about fireplaces that was the point where i was wow fireplaces are so intricate and interesting and it came from a mason like he was an engineer Oh, for sure. So, like, I don't see that anymore, you know, and and I no, appreciate definitely. that. Yeah, like, when it comes to modern masonry, you're talking about a veneer, right? Uh, framing up a house and you're covering it with bas- something that's basically decoration. It has no function whatsoever, right. other than 100%. looking pretty, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Not, or not looking pretty. But uh, <laughs> Well, you guys yeah. have a lot of competition. That's the problem. Like, 40 years ago, there wasn't that much competition. It was either brick Mm-hmm. Or it was some sort of siding material, right? True. Or yeah. stucco. Stucco mm-hmm. started making its way 40 years into the, bar- the market right after the Tin Men with all the aluminum siding shit. Right. But nowadays you have your brick, you have your stone, you have your siding, you have different types of siding, you have porcelain veneers, you have ACM, you have so much competition I love ACM. now. Yeah. Right? So it's just, it's, it's really hard. And unfortunately, like the brick and stone are, are one of the more expensive options. So people start looking at it like, are they? <clears throat> Talk about that. Uh, what, uh, what? They're not the cheapest. They're not mid. No, well, I mean, there's, uh, like you mentioned, ACM, right? ACM is very popular, especially for modern builds. You know, like you can use it on a transitional home or a, a, yeah. a traditional home. If it's done properly, you know, they can be used. But yeah, ACM is probably up there with stone. For as pricing. Well. It's, yeah, it's expensive too. I don't feel bad if somebody doesn't want to use so much stone on their house because it, it's all about the look, the finished look. Some houses don't look good complete with stone some houses look better when you only do like a certain elevation half and half or you know like you can do like uh let's say uh the front entrance is a projection of the rest of the home and you do just that part in stone and the rest of it you can do with like batten board or wood siding stone can be used you know as a complete covering like the like i said the homes that i typically do are 100 percent stone you know there's other homes that you can use it just as a complement right like just to kind of as a feature speaking of which do you like working with icf homes and masonry i've only done two two a little bit more of a challenge 
Um, They're coming out strong now, though. It was great. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with it. It was uh, the walls were pretty straight and plumb and everything. And the web joists are or not web joists. The the webs are there for you to drill or anchor your ties into. They're plastic, which I was a little iffy about. But, you know. Engineer, they're anchored. The engineer says but they're it's anchored, good. <laughs> they're anchored into the concrete right? on the middle. The thing that I really like about the ICF <laughs> is that there's concrete there. When I have to anchor, let's say, like a huge piece of precast, I can, nice. I can tap con yeah. right into the house, right? Where typical framed home, you're not able to do that. No. You, you don't have that grip. Yeah, right? yeah that's like great point so that's huge like if if you're doing an icf home and you're using large precasts like i've done lots of really really monster precast installs i always tap con into the house nice you know pre-drill put my tap con in the wall and i i anchor in rather than using the the plastic it's a uh, great point again web, right so some of your favorite spots regarding uh masonry supplies basically it kind of depends there on aren't where that many i'm in working the city, right depends on where i'm working and uh what time i need it so uh there's king king <laughs> it's masonry. so honest i love yeah, it king, shout- <laughs> king masonry <laughs> yeah king masonry uh, i've never yard. heard of king masonry Where's king, king masonry yard is at uh dixie uh, no, no 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 they're in caledon they're on oh, okay. king and I can't remember the name of the street that they're on, but... Uh, okay, yeah. so King Masonry. King Masonry. Who else is out there? Uh, Mason's Masonry, Masonry Supply. Yeah. So they got a few locations. That's pretty much it. Like, I bounce between both of those. Depending on what I need, time somebody's open, that kind of thing. It, you know, it Earlier the better? Cre- yeah, you don't, go, you don't get have, the creep make I, or anything, though? Uh, Wait a second. You don't no. start at 9 or 10 o'clock? No. <laughs> He's a mason. What? What's wrong with no, you? I'm man? making a joke. I'm making a joke. Some people say, oh, I got to start at nine, man. No, man. But <laughs> there's two so. sixes in a day. <laughs> <laughs> I typically have everything delivered, right? So everything's there as I need it. Just a quick bag of something or some kind of product that I don't need a whole skid. Because usually I order by the skid or whatever, right? So uh, if I don't need a whole skid of something, then... Yeah, I'll stop there, you know, in the morning and pick it up, or maybe I'll shoot there in the afternoon, so I already have it first thing in the morning when I'm ready to work. That means I just hit the table. That means I meet, I beat <laughs> Manny to the question. Okay. What's the question? The question, Manny, no, usually you tries to beat me <laughs> to is what vehicle do you drive and what do you choose? I know choose? the answer. <laughs> I know the answer to this, man. Yeah, we know both, but I'm going to ask anyway. Van or pickup? Come pickup. on. Pickup. And what kind? Uh, right now, I'm driving an F-150. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, it does the job. You don't need anything more. Yeah, it does less. the job. I'm not hauling. I used to have uh, 450s. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I, when, I, when I came to your place, you had the 450. Yeah. 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 So when when is your Tesla Cybertruck showing up on the job site? Oh, what? That, that was <laughs> Are they actually going to make that? Or? I thought that was I don't know what a, you're talking about, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> no, but how about this? I really, I want, <laughs> he actually thought about something for a second. I wanted to hear what was going to come out of his mouth. <laughs> don't worry. Elon won't kill us. He won't come after us. We're nobody. What is your most, I would think, masonry? I kind of think Casa Loma, I think Gothic churches. Beautiful. What is your best build or favorite build that you've done so far? Is there anything that really stands out to you that like was the your pride, favorite? The that, workmanship. That somebody really spent some quality money and passion into want to build for life. The homes that are built out of stone are 250 year plus homes, not the homes that were building for <laughs> 50 years, if you're lucky. It's unfortunate. Man, there's, well, I have a couple favorites, but recently 
I have two builds that I did out in Brampton that they're completely granite homes. One is a tad smaller than the other. It was for a father and son. They live down the street from each other. But yeah, I did some work on their places and their places are completely granite, 100%. I see wow. everything. Traditional frame. Traditional frame homes. They're basically... So all four know, they, sides? All four sides were granite? Oh yeah. Yeah, wow. 100%. Everything. Like all the window sills, window accents, everything. There's Rounded everything, windows, 100%, arch? 100%. Uh, uh, no, both of them have rectangular windows. One of them has an arched doorway nice. over the top of the I front love that. door. Yeah, there's some minor arching happening over there. But yeah, everything was done all hand cut, uh, hand wow. chiseled. Everything was wow. done completely by hand. And the granite came from where? The granite was from the Huntsville Belleville. area. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have so much granite. People don't realize that yeah, we they... are covered in granite. Like yeah. this, you dig out the dirt a little bit, 10 inches down, and you're in granite, That's right? That's it. Sitting on a gold mine. Literally, actually. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fool's gold. <laughs> what is uh, what is the going rate for a mason these days for brick? Like, what are they charging nowadays? Got on the employee side, like, well, how, how much can a mason make? Or oh, Yeah, I guess I guess both questions, yeah. So, I mean, what are they charging? What are they making? I mean, it all depends on what you're working with. There's What's so the many union guys? Things. What are the union guys charging? The union guys are, like, uh, by the hour. Yeah, the union 65? guy can make... No, 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 no. no, no Probably no. about 40 bucks an hour or something like that. I I know guys making 65 right now. Yeah, there's guys. And they're it doing all block and brick. They're in. not even doing stone that you do. Custom work? You know. get into custom work and you're charging like what? You're charging by the square foot? I don't necessarily charge by the square foot. I'll apply like a square foot rate to a particular project. I do typically do a takeoff on uh, on CAD and get my square square footage because I'm, I'm usually involved with the projects that I'm doing uh, at the design stage. Good for you. I get that kind of, uh, you know, I don't get get a call and say, hey, we're going to be ready next week. Can you come and give me a price uh, kind of thing, right? So yeah. I work very close with the homeowners, uh, with my clients in that regard. And, uh, you know, then I give them basically a flat price to do the work. If I was a, a client, I wanted you to put stone on all four sides. Would I need a permanent at all? Huh? Well, no, I'm just asking because it's structural, right? Yeah, I'm course. just wondering, do you need a permit no, for that? No, because, uh, well, it all depends where you're at. If you're in the building stage, you should already have a permit, right? Right. If you wanted to reface a house, then you could get, you could call in a work permit, depending on, on your home, the way it was built. Typical installation right now, it's just a veneer. So you're looking at a brick veneer that's literally, it's there for decoration. It's not holding up your house. It's not right. a double wall brick and so, old home. Yeah. Exactly, right? So if you're like your home, you're, you're living in a 140-year-old home. Yeah, it's rubble if we were foundation. To start, if we were going to start, you know, skimming off your brick to change it, that's not gonna that would compromise, the, house, that would compromise yeah. the structure We're not even removing home, right? the carbon from the brick. It's staying on. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about weather? Because, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that are in construction, they don't understand how weather can really slow you down or affect you. Yeah, weather's like 99%. You know, it affects the it, the job. Every day is different, right? Like I said, uh, it could be the direction of the wind, wind speed. When do you stop working? When like what I kind of weather don't. stops you from working? You there's there's a bunch of different. Come on, you really? don't. You, you have don't. to. I, th I thought, first of all, you're a big camper. You love to build tents. Yeah. You know, because you just I do work love camping, yeah. Yeah, see, see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Canada. So yeah. as long as the tent is up and the propanes are going, you can keep on going. Technically uh, speaking, to a point, yeah. It all depends on your setup. Yeah. Uh, it all depends on what type of uh, heating elements you're using. Yeah, like every. It all depends. Do you Everything feel that depends, it compromises right? the it's actual workmanship? Of, it could. Typically, let's say for a winter work, for example, right? If I'm looking at cold weather. 
I, I don't mind laying stone on a day that's, let's say, you know, minus 10, minus 12. I could do it depending on where, where I'm at. If I'm using salamander heaters, which is basically just an open flame, you're only going to get heat like five, six feet off the ground. So if you're trying to start work on a day where it's minus 12 and you're starting a wall that's like at, at grade level, you know, you're not going to heat that area up. All that's going to free. For example, if it is a minus 10 day, for me, it's got to be like no wind, sunny, like everything's got to be working for you, right? Yeah. So, and then the overnight temperature is a concern as well. If it's going to be minus 10, you know, and then staying steady overnight, could maybe work with it. Uh, if it's going minus 10 and then going down to minus 22 overnight, you know, that's like way too rapid of a temperature drop. And then the mortar freezes too quickly and it'll crack. So that's exactly right? what would happen is the mortar will crack and you'll right. see failures over the time. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Do you blanket your work or just avoid the bad weather? I avoid the bad weather. Okay. That's pretty much what I do. So what's uh, the cutoff? Like zero? Zero is a comfortable cutoff? No, I don't think so. I think no, it would be negative. Like, I'll, 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 like, like I said, it all, it's all dependent on the weather and the, the heat source that you're using. I started using frost fighters, which are forced air. Uh, heaters now. Um, How do they work? I've never, I've heard, never of heard of that. So basically, it's like a, a big cannon. All kinds of magic happens inside the cannon where there's <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a you know there's a flame and a fan, and then there's these two big long tubes that you can basically you know basically direct. works like a, a duck. It's a duck. You can direct it wherever you need your heat. Oh wow! And it brings fresh hot air into the workspace. Where if you're working traditionally with a salamander, where most bricklayers use a salamander, all it does is heat up the air in the airspace. Yeah. So there's nothing that's forcing any fresh air into the work area, which can, uh, which is also a health concern. Yeah, uh, off-gassing. Right? And it doesn't give you a good consistent temperature from ground level up. So with the frost fighters, you can literally heat up the floor. Wow. Are they expensive? So, a frost fighter? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty expensive. You like, rent uh, them? Yeah, I rent them. Yeah. From who? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Battlefield. Battlefield, Battlefield. Uh, Equipment Rentals in Brampton. Shout great out. to know. <laughs> plug, plug. Yeah. No, you, you've had some great points. So, and I, I, I've never heard of them, so it's there's, great. There's all kinds of stuff that you learn as you go, right? I mean, you know, I've done all kinds of different tarping and had experiences with all types of weather because I've always tried. On a day that it's minus 20, if you're going to work and you're trying and something's not working... You know, you don't just drop your tools and go, okay, forget this. I'm going to come back another day. Figure out why it didn't work for you that day. If you can come up with a solution, great. If you can't, when you come across another day like that, stay home. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? Like, point. don't bother. Yeah, I mean, winter work for masonry, it's not ideal. But in most cases, we, we just can't really stop because the demand is just so high. Right? You're self-employed and you got to keep on going. Mark has right. the same problem here where he's got a lot of roofs that need to get done. We're into the end of December. We're going into January. Yeah, so. but they're also great days to set up. Like, you can set up for the next day. For sure, yeah. Yeah, you can get your materials there. Yeah. Go do your quotes, you know. Especially for my line of work, there's a lot of prep. So there's cutting that needs to be done. Every stone gets cut by hand. Every stone gets chiseled by hand. You know, uh, so that, those I, are... I, I, like, I can watch that for hours. <laughs> Honestly, I can. I I don't want to do it as a living because I think it's really hard work, and I think yeah. it, I still think it's an art. But I can watch that for hours. Yeah, I, for I sure, definitely. Uh, like stone carving too. Oh, I can watch that. That's so man. cool. Yeah, yeah, I love. I that. recently saw on Instagram of all places a guy carving out 
a pillow. What? <laughs> so it was made out of stone. It was made yeah. out of concrete or some of that, but he was carving it out. Yeah. And I was like, I want to buy this thing, man. Because could you imagine putting it on the job site yeah, and someone just jumps on it? I think that's one of it? the coolest things. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I was going to ask you, Mike, how do you feel about the GCs that feel that uh, Masons uh, should be responsible for uh, putting the house wrap on the house? I've always done that myself until recently. Because apparently it's part of the framing, framing inspection. job. Yeah. So I run into a lot of issues with it too because it's not done properly. Correct. So I find myself correcting it as I go because I'll see that they didn't overlap it properly or it's not overlapped at all. Not taped. Or not taped or anything like that. To me, overlapping is more important than taping really. True. But yeah, taping the seams is, uh, is important. I, I, yes. think it, I think in today's day and age that we should not be passing this buck onto the trade. It's not supposed to be doing it. It's supposed to be done properly. Property and that's yeah. just how it is, right? What's your favorite rap? And I don't mean like. <laughs> 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 Never saw that one coming. <laughs> uh, favorite rap? I guess I'll go with Tyvek. Whoa. Ty- yeah, but the thing is, I I, I, this is a dinosaur. I'm so, I'm sorry to say, like, man. Whatever, Nowadays, yeah. and actually, our next guest that we're speaking to, we're going to be talking to. Uh, somebody who does passive homes. Gone are the days of OSB sheathing. Gone are the days of any kind of wood sheathing. And mm. now we're using insulation boards, thicker, one inch, Fiberglass two inch, boards. Fiberglass boards, reflective right. boards. We're using all that. That mm-hmm. are already all tied in together. I mean, zip systems. I mean, we all have different choices. My my go-to is VP100 or VP160. Yeah, membranes. Yeah. There's no taping. It's already peel and stick. Okay. You know, it sticks to everything and anything. Breathable. But in the majority of your experience in the last 20 years, it's mostly been house wrap. Yeah, just house. That's the thing. I mean, I've seen full homes that have been like completely blue skinned. Nice. <laughs> Honestly, that's <laughs> nice, it. man. Like it's, someone's home it's is blue crazy, skinned. Yeah, blue skinned or they do uh, spray foam on the exterior. Yep. Done, well, in lieu of like a Tyvek, they use... Um, <laughs> that was, I like that, in lieu. In lieu of a Tyvek. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Carlito was in the loo this yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah. and the loo turned into a poo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, we went off track there for a sec. No, just using rigid foam on the exterior. Yes. You know, yeah. that kind of so thing. So there's like, all the new technologies, right? But that means you've got to get a longer stainless steel screw now to drive in. Yeah, definitely. Well, what's the length of it now? An inch and a quarter, inch and a half, inch uh, and five-eighths? Stainless screws are, yeah, like an inch and a half. Depending on what I'm using, they could go up to like two and a half inches. If they don't even need to because you're just really grabbing... The, yeah, I just want to get through the plywood. Hang on a sec. So how I just would want you, to get through the plywood. How would you be doing that? Because if you're going rigid foam on the outside, let's just say for argument's sake, one inch mm-hmm. rigid foam, you're getting that R5 on the foam, but you're driving in a screw. That screw is going to not squeeze right into the foam itself? Yeah, of course. It compresses the foam. Yeah. And it creates uh, so penetration to, too, right? Give us a couple of tips. Some other new tips that nobody knows about. That, that like We're blown away by those tips that you shared with us, man. I don't know, man. Like For me, everything is just a day-to-day, so... I don't really know what other people aren't doing. Do you like colored mortar? Colored mortar, depending on the product that you're working with. Yes, you can use it. I use colored mortar when I work with granite, depending on the color of the granite and the finished look that I'm after. You're making it darker? Yeah, if you want like a more of a modern or transitional kind of uh, look, you go with a colored mortar. Typically, it's just like a charcoal or black coloring to it. So basically, the mortar will dry to be kind of a pewter color. The mortar that I use for granite is a high bond cement, which is lime and Portland based, and it dries kind of brownish 
okay. if you don't use any color. Depending on the color of stone or the look you're after, it won't really look good with that type of stone. So I add the color, you know, depending on what I want. I can make it completely black. I've used it, you know, before wow. where it's like, man, like ma magic marker and black. It, and it stays black, black? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, well, it'll wow. dry. It, it dries a, a bit lighter, but it's pretty dark when it's it dries. It depending must look on how amazing. much pigment you use, right? It, it must look amazing when it's raining. I was recently at Crate Maker and they were showing me some of the new Italian and European bricks that are coming in that are mm. like 16 inches long yeah. and two inches tall. Yeah. I love that, man. That's a beautiful look. Like that is a clean mortar. I that, love that begs black. for a black mortar, yeah. right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, something that long and thin yeah. would, uh, you know, create a lot more mortar joints than typical. And uh, it could get pretty busy looking if you're not using a pigment. For so sure. it kind of tones it down a little. You know, I wouldn't, I've done projects where I've made the uh, mortar match the color of the brick so that it just looked like a sheet, like a black sheet wow. on the side of the wall. And, uh, but I think like a shade or two off from the color of brick a that little you're bit using. Of contrast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want to sure. have a bit of definition, obviously w around the brick, especially if you're using a special brick like that, you don't want it to just look like a, a sheet because, no. uh, it, those bricks are definitely not cheap. I wouldn't think. No, they're going to be more expensive. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to ask you, um, you ever get into tuck pointing? No, no. That's a different trade in yeah, itself. Yeah, complete tuck pointing repair, that kind of thing out there. I don't, I'm not literally a repair guy. I just do new construction. But yeah, tuck pointing is a, an art on its own, depending yeah. on what you're talking about. Some people might think tuck pointing is going and fixing mortar joints on a chimney, but yeah, tuck pointing is a, is a different animal. Grinding out own, every right? single mortar well, joint, verticals and horizontals. And now yeah. there's a new kind of tuck pointing. You can actually go over existing brick and recreate new lines. I've seen beautiful brickwork, and then when I walk up to the house, because, you know, I always, I do creepy things, like walk up to people's <laughs> houses and check things out all the time. I'm like, no one's looking right now. Yeah. That camera, who cares? So I'll walk up, and I'll see that there's a fake brick line okay. like a free t uh, a fake tuck point mm -hmm. but it looks so amazing from the street and if you really look you can see that the guy that originally laid the brick of the house wasn't level or wasn't straight right and then they've re we recreated it with like white tuck right. pointing lines yeah there's a tuck pointed it. ribbon so yeah. Yeah, yeah. what they'll do if you want to get a good look at it shout out at tuck pointer uh, oh, yeah, follow him. Oh, <laughs> he, he does amazing work. Anthony, yeah, he's an awesome yeah, dude. So, he does amazing what he work. does is just magic. So, he goes and he matches the uh, color of the brick or stone, you know, with his lime putties and uh, slaked lime. And he creates basically it just, it's almost like, like you said, just a new brick pattern on top of the old. And some of the stuff that he's done, the existing brick is like probably, I don't know, an inch, inch and a half at a level yeah. over like a six foot span. It's crazy. Like, how do you work with that? Like right? you actually so, look at it and you're like, wow, it's man, nuts, yeah. that original it's, brick was completely out. He's it's, an artist. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. So speaking so. of which, your handle on Instagram is what? At Greenstone FM. Oh no, wait. At Greenstone underscore FM. Basically, if anybody needs to get a hold of me, they can get a hold of me through Instagram. I'm not the advertising type. I don't go. I've never advertised. I don't have a website or anything like that. I'm eventually. So I'll, mouth, eventually, right? I'll have a website. Like when I retire, I'll just th th get pictures taken of all the work that I've done and just stick it on the. <laughs> 
on the internet. Well, but leading leading to that, <laughs> you've got to be ready to start growing again. If someone's looking to work with you or you're looking for an employee, what yeah. kind of attitude and what kind of person are you looking for? Basically, someone that cares about what they're doing, really. The basics to work for someone like me is show up every day on time. And on time to me is 10 minutes before you're supposed to start working. Yeah, good for because you. When you're I've working, heard Carlito you know, say that a few times right? before. You know, I've had guys come and work with me and they're literally walking through the gates at the site at 7 a.m. or 7.01, you know, and I'm like, you're late. And they're like, no, I'm not at 7. I'm like, yeah, but your boots aren't tied and you got your lunchbox in your hand. So, yeah, you're late. Yeah, people have you know? a different respect for you when you're early. When you show up five or ten minutes late, I don't care who you are out there. Everybody thinks you're a dummy. When I see a guy come five, ten minutes late, I'm like, what a fucking idiot. What is he doing? It doesn't matter what kind of work you do all day. You're an idiot. Yeah. Why haven't you showed up early, man? Why can't yeah. you show up five or ten minutes early? Well, that's the thing. Guys can show up habitually five or ten minutes late. Why can't you show up five or ten minutes exactly. early? Exactly. That's what I was like, just going to say. Is that gear, they, man. they make a conscious effort to actually show up at 7.01, so yeah. you could still make a conscious effort to show up at 6.50. So why not just show up at 6.50? Just show up at 6.50, man. It's better um, for everybody. If you could, if you could reinvent a tool that you needed what would the tool be Reinvent like what do you tool. need like what's missing that you need in your business is there something know, you, you need to make your job easier Next you know what hasn't changed employee? in forever is oh. the actual mixer that mixer has stayed the exact same thing <laughs> in how many decades you're totally right it hasn't changed there, yeah like a gas mixer yeah. yeah it's just a barrel with an auger inside like that's the only same. difference between the two is you'll have one that has an auger and one that's got paddles yes Right, but and it stayed the exact same. Pretty much Nothing, it. I, Some I, things I, don't need to change. I, I, no. I'm sorry, but I mean, I was just at the bakery shop this morning, and I'm like looking at these. You know, the was that a Portuguese bowls. bakery? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and and the mixing bowl has kind of changed a little bit okay, yeah. over 40, 50 years, mm -hmm. but the cement mortar mixer. Has been the exact same. There's no, no, there's no, areas thinking, that you need technology to intervene. There's other areas where it's just like you know don't. what, that's a pretty good wheel we got there. You know. So, so anything, anything that you need that you're missing in your in your business, what could make your life easier that you've always said, I wish they'd come. Well, up the levels with. are perfect. The trowels are perfect. No, but I, it could be a tent. It could be maybe a different... scaffolding. Scaffolding could be a little. They have all kinds of different scaffolding, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing, right? You've got your traditional arc scaffolding that I work with. They've got. Uh, other scaffolding where the entire platform raises up like they have a fraco lift where you basically oh, I love you have those. just one platform I love and those, it, man. you know it just rides up the, yeah. this freaking hydraulic lift it's just one work platform right where for us the scaffolding that i use depending on how high the wall is you could have three or four different work platforms that you're working on and every time you have to raise up you got to lift the planks manually and that kind of thing and yeah like that could be better there are better uh applications like they have there's one company uh, in particular called uh, non-stop scaffolding non-stop scaffolding. this non -stop is non-stop dude non-stop man <laughs> so non-stop scaffolding is kind of the same idea where you have your work platform but the platform that the masons work on just basically works on a pulley system that you can crank it with an electric motor or you can just it's like a foot jack so you basically just pump it with your foot and it goes up like an inch at a time. So oh, you're wow. Yeah, so you're always in the ideal. The whole uh, platform, including the material? And Everything goes up all, all wow. at once, yeah. That I like. Yeah, hmm. it's good because they have an area that we, well, we have an area called the sweet spot that Masons work in, which is just above the knee and just below the rib cage. And that's where you get most of your production because that's where you can work like best ergonomically, right? Wow. So good to know. It's true. That kind of thing. It's so when true. guys are working below their knee, 
they're working a bit slower. When they have to work above their chest, then they're working a bit slower. Manny's right? always so, under the knee. Here we go. <laughs> it is a sweet spot for many different reasons. So, yeah. So you always want to be in that designated spot. That's really important to ideal, be Ideal, yes. Ideal uh, situation is being in that, that area, right? The sweet spot. Are Masons these days still showing up on job sites with track pants and uh, safety boots? Hey, hey, come on. Honestly, I think track pants should be a mandatory are you kidding me, right? No, Listen, man. my knees are, are shot. Me? My back is shot. Are you kidding me, man? I love track pants. Drawstrings and everything. Dude, why don't Croatian, you mix, Why man. don't you mix the mortar this <laughs> I time? Was, I, when I was born, I was born with an Adidas track suit. My Car Car Adidas. <laughs> Carlito just got pulled into the mixer again with his drawstring. <laughs> no, no. That's the, that's the only problem. So Track pants I, should not be. My track, track pants are actually not. Approved work. No, I, no, I know. <laughs> Just so you and, know. Thank and the you. only yeah, and not. the only reason for that is yeah. that it's the drawstring, really. But I pull mine out. So like even my hoodies, I never have my yeah, string in. I pull those yeah. right out. Mm -hmm. When I get a new one, I just go pull it out. It's gone. It's not cut resistant either. That's the, but I don't wear track suits to work. <laughs> I wish claim, I yeah. could. I wish I could. Just wear a onesie, man. You get to go. <laughs> hey, by the way, I have a onesie. <laughs> the problem I, with his onesie Punisher. is his flap will always be down. Okay, <laughs> that's the problem with his onesie. Yeah, and there's always a back door, and, and it will be on the front. That's the problem yeah. too. Okay, no, well, we call it? that the banana hammock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so usually yeah. I, I ask people, "What would you change about the construction industry?" Yeah. I don't want to hear about what you want to change about the construction industry or what needs to be changed. I want to know what you want to see changed by the customer. How are we going to, like, what do you want to see changed about the customers you're dealing with? Too often am I hearing from every single contractor or every business, the homeowners create a lot of problems or they're not aware or they get too involved in things they don't understand. What do you want to see changed about the homeowners or the people running your project? I think that there's definitely value in having some type of construction manager, like some kind of, like a designer. Let's say, for example, like I think that a lot of homeowners these days are very indecisive. So they don't, you, they're going into it. Let's say they're doing a full custom build. They're just basically working off a drawing. They don't have a final vision. They see a lot of different things that they like and they want to try and cram it all into one space where they should pick a theme. What you're saying, Mike, is actually 100% true because the reality is that clients feel, unfortunately, I've said this so many times, they are the most ignorant regarding construction, but yet they feel they're the most powerful, the final say and the point person because it's all their money. Right. We get that, right? Mm -hmm. but, but we're there to spend their money wisely. Well, that's the thing is like we're, we're there to educate them and direct them into a certain path of where they should go. If they've chosen a certain style of home, this is where you're going to go. Here's option A, B, or C. It's right. not A all the way down to Z, right? right? That's the problem. And in today's day with the online and, and social media and then all of a sudden their friends and then unfortunately the stupid TV shows, there's a lot of lying going on. And then all of a sudden we are given all those lies right. and then we're told to fix those lies i wouldn't say lies i say misdirection misdirection or misunderstanding the truth is is that you know when you go online you're not speaking to the contractor that's on the tools every day that he sees what works what fails what doesn't work you know you can't take the best of all products and mix them together they don't work just because of the best of everything, right. it doesn't work. It would be nice that when they hire us, they can trust us. Unfortunately, right. we go back to that 
what do you want to change in construction? There's a bad attitude still. People mm -hmm. are just coming to work to get quantity done, not quality. Well, this is the thing too, like guys, like you guys, you're general contractors, you guys work on tools as well. Like I said, there's value in hiring construction management, but you know what, if you have really good trades to work with, you can get it done probably even without a manager. Like the house that we just finished recently, it's a 27,000 square foot home. And it was all done without construction management because wow. we work with, like I work very closely with the, with the homeowner and basically I kind of working as like a, somewhat of a manager with him, right? Along, alongside them. So I've done the family that I worked with. This is the third home that we've built for them. Wow. And, you know, I don't, I say we've built, but, you know, I'm not the guy, I'm not the builder. You know, I bring in good trades that, that I have and help them out in that regard. I help them out with the stages of construction, you know, what goes where. Uh, who comes in first, uh, who comes in last, that kind of thing. The trades that we work with, they're self-sufficient. They're not coming in asking, you know, oh, what do I do, this and that. Like, they know what's up. So we're all working together for the same final result, right, to get a, to get a good result. Basically, yeah, we've done that a few times over, and it's worked great. You know, you can't do that with everyone. I'm going to assume that The homeowners put a lot of trust in us, right, to yeah, get everything done. That's what I was going to you know, I've got a pretty good network of uh, trades that I, I call on to do these projects with. I think these homeowners respect the trades. I they think do. They, they do, do, right? Yeah. They're, for the most part. No, they respect the trades because I think for the most part, most homeowners and clients don't respect the trades. They respect designers and architects right. and that kind of, I don't want to get dirty kind mm. of mentality, right? Well, that's the thing. I've had homeowners on both ends of the spectrum, right? I've had a homeowner say that, you know, I'm not going to have a tradesman design my home. On the other side, I've actually sat down with the homeowner and helped them design their home. It's funny you say that because tradesmen always change the designer's ideas because we make it more realistic. We make it work. We make the budget happen realistically mm -hmm. also. When you're a designer... How's that? How's that math add up? I don't understand what you're talking about. What Credito. happens is people create an idea in their head and they think, oh, you could do that for four grand. Shut up. You can't do that for four grand. Um, I want to see you tell a client, shut that, up. I know, that meeting will go pretty well. <laughs> Honey, he just no, said shut up. But, I, shut but I, am, I am very honest. So what I do yeah. is I usually go in and I'll listen to the designer. I'll listen to the whole homeowner and then at the end of it all i'll just stop them and say that's not gonna happen right that's not gonna happen yeah. let's change the reality of course if you yeah. want to use me yeah. this isn't what we're gonna do here because right. it's not realistic at this budget if you want that we're gonna have to change this what is the thing that always happens that you hate like when you come on you're expecting just to start your work what is not always prepped for you what is the the one thing that's always left behind that is a frustration of yours. Is there anything? House wrap was <laughs> Yeah, no, no, House but I, I but I wanna I wanna know like before he starts, what is it that, that one thing that always keeps happening that you wish you could like just change about you want, the trade before you. If, Do you want the windows in? Or oh yeah, yeah. Windows have to be installed and everything before I come in. I'd say a, a mason's greatest challenge is having the site clean and graded. Wow, interesting. That would. But be here's one, the question though, know. because I've been told this by other masons, saying, "Listen, man, you got to understand, we're the dirtiest <laughs> trade out there." I go, yeah, I yeah. understand that, but don't leave my but job you need a site safe worse. ground to work on. Yeah, yeah. And set up for a scaffold setup. Everything has to be clean and great. It has to be flat. It doesn't have to be level, but it has to be flat. But it's also better for you right? so you can clean up after. 
Yes. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. Everything is, uh, we clean up as we go. Every scaffold that I set up has a garbage can at the bottom of it. Everybody's responsible what? for tidying up I've at the end of the day. I've never seen a garbage yeah. bag attached to a scaffold, no, man. No, garbage can. <laughs> garbage can? With a lockable lid. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I love that That's one, man. That's special, man. Especially yeah, in you take a picture of that next time? Up. I will yeah, repost that, sure, man. Seriously. Sure. That's yeah. amazing. I would have thought yeah. you would have had a slide right I... into a bin. <laughs> no, just because everything you work with is heavy. Like, yeah. usually what guys well, do is I'm chip about and just throw general it. garbage, like water bottles and stuff like that, right? Uh, let's say for offcuts and that kind of thing. I do have a bin for that, like a giant like stone bin kind of thing. And we just, you know, you just tip it off the end of the scaffold and it... Usually, hopefully, lands in the bin. My process that I use for working with stone is geared toward having less cleanup and less waste, right? Because I prepare everything ahead of time before I actually bring it to the scaffold. So all my stone is cut and chiseled. So all those offcuts, all the chips that are accumulated from the chiseling are all concentrated in one area, So that which is not on the scaffold. So I find it a lot uh, more safe to work that way. There's less damage, broken windows. There's less damage that happens. You work more efficiently because you're focused on one task. You know, you get the job done quicker. The the cleanup is a lot easier because all the mess is concentrated in one yeah, area, you're, you're, right? You're, so, do, you're the kind of smarter contractor where if you're making a trip to the truck, you're going to grab a tool and then vice versa. If you're going downstairs or to the bathroom, you're going to carry garbage and bring it with you. Right, yeah. You're just doing that. So by yeah. the end of the day or by the end of the week, you have less work, less cleanup, yeah, less you managing. Yeah, clean as you go, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Is, you don't want to be tripping on stuff while you're working. You know, exactly. I've, I've worked with loads of guys and guys have worked with me and they're they're just focused. They're so hyped about getting stuff done and they don't want to get maybe get in trouble or whatever. Literally tripping on stuff that they would take 30 seconds, get that stuff out of your way. So you can work properly and you won't hurt yourself. You're going to work more efficiently and there's uh, less chance of you getting injured, right? Always focus. I always focus on that. Right? Well, you just said something really important to me. Have you thought about if you get sick or injured, what's going to happen with your business? What's your exit? What, what's your strategy to keep you're, you're basically continuing a on? Pretty much. I mean, yeah, like sick or injured, then yeah, basically it would come to a grinding halt. Right? Do you have a so. do you have an exit plan right now? Is there anything that you've thought about? Yeah, there's. For those uh, things? I, I've always got things in my head and things in the works. I've a couple different things that are going to come probably in the next couple years come to fruition. I'm not thinking uh, that I'm going to be laying stone until I'm 55 or 60. I don't think I'll ever really retire. I could never not work. That's when you'll well, start working the, on your own home. That that's <laughs> that's the problem. I'm older now. Okay. When I turn 40, because you're 40 now. When I turn 40. My pain started. Okay. My knees hurt. Mm -hmm. And it's an, a magical number. It's almost like 40. <laughs> it's like 40 <laughs> happens and yeah. your body, honestly, there's a switch that says, Shut down. You're 40, yeah. bro. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, shit starts happening, man. Yeah. Like, weird things like missing work, having to see doctors. Okay. What are you doing for that? Like, is there... Well, you, you, I do mean, you have any my, benefits? I do, do you do very, anything? I, I mean, my work is very heavy. Like he said, the knees, I've actually started feeling my knees uh, a lot lately. Uh, honestly, my answer for all that is yoga. <laughs> no you know joke. what? It's funny you I, say that because I, I, was just, I was just looking at that, man. Yeah. What do you mean? My yoga. wife got me into Getting yoga. Getting into yoga, man. Yeah. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. You know what I found too is that uh, the cool part the about joints, yoga. man. All my friends in my hood. If they when they hear this, they'll be like, "What yoga?" Doesn't matter. But the They're truth all be is, sitting is down. that 
you think you're disconnecting from work when you come home, but you're not. No. And my wife forced me to do yoga. She didn't force me. I, I was interested in it, but mm -hmm. I, I needed an excuse to do it. And it was a great time for me and her to spend time together, even though when we're in our own world, when we're there. I, uh, I the found... Construction Life Couples Therapy Podcast is <laughs> no, up but, now. <laughs> no, but I found that like there was a disconnect in yoga that was more important than anything. Just to be able to shut off work, life, and give yourself that That's one important. hour yeah. of relaxation. Like you literally, like I'd find myself like, I'd say to my wife after, shit, was I snoring in glass? <laughs> and she'd be like, you were just starting. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, like I found that I was looking forward to that one hour of getaway. Usually the washroom is my getaway. Like if you see me go to the washroom, that's my go. office time, man. Here we People go. are saying, why do you want to sit in your shit? Here and I'm like, Here no one bugs me. And on that note, we need to start wrapping this up. Uh, man. <laughs> All right. Any other questions? Anything else you want to share, Mike? Well, I don't know. Not necessarily. I guess whatever. Just anybody that's in the trades, just keep at it. Make sure, you know, always, always produce the best quality you possibly can. I know there's always a big rush to get things done and guys skip necessary steps to get something done and it'll it will come back to bite you just keeping the quality up man like that that's the main thing that's going to keep you going because that's keep your name out there it's going to keep your name on uh people's minds say a recession hits that kind of thing they always say that the guys oh, we're here you know the guys are gonna uh the guys that will keep busy are going to be the guys that are doing the quality work yes. right because yes. like the people that i work with are a lot of them my clients are their businesses are recession proof their money that they're spending they didn't make it last month right no. they made it 10 years ago so it's like you know it kind of doesn't hurt i started my business in a recession you know and i've been busy every day since depending on the type of work that you're doing that could make or break you because if you're focused on doing custom stuff that's extremely high quality uh, the people that are going to hire you aren't going to be you know worried about the economy necessarily on that note <laughs> Why don't we just start with <laughs> coming up? No, I mean, I, I, I think we've talked. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Yeah. I, I think we've touched upon a lot. I think we could still talk a lot more about the industry, but yeah. I, I think we touched upon a lot of good stuff. I here, could man. talk about yoga for a couple more hours. Yeah. Hey, dude, I'm so impressed with you. I didn't expect that from you, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I'm actually uh, a certified uh, yoga teacher. Are you? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. We got to talk more. <laughs> I didn't know that. Why didn't I know that yeah, about I you? I did my teacher training like, I don't know, probably about nine years ago, Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. Wow. I did not know yeah. that. That's wow. amazing. That's you you, you never talk yoga. about it. At no point have you ever spoke about it. Now everybody knows. No, it's not like I'm going to, hey, my name's Mike. I do yoga. That's you know? fantastic. <laughs> Good for you. I don't practice nearly as much as I used to, but yeah, it's probably Stone the one Mason thing. Stonemason and yoga. That's probably the you, reason you don't, I'm... You don't strike me uh, as a yoga... Not that there is a particular yoga <clears throat> person, but there is. Like, Stereotyping yeah. every, there? Every, yeah, there's a stereotype to everything. Usually when I go to class, everyone's so pretentious and perfect okay. you're just so humble and normal to me like there's no like i just find com myself comfortable with you i didn't expect that i guess i'm stereotyping again. this has been a great <laughs> podcast wait 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 save, save your you money so guys much. save your money for rainy days yes. and for sick days we'll be talking about that and for other podcasts that's important yeah. and right? for yoga classes yeah, yoga give classes, yourself some you time <laughs> mike thank you thank you thank you so much man thank you for the valuable information and much respect to the masonry industry of masons out there <laughs> he's trying something different now and i love that <laughs> get us out of here carlito we out straight from to 416 baby drop the mic drop the mic bam <laughs>